Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues. We're in Boston and our guest today is Yoni Gordon. And we'll talk with Yoni after we talk about the blues a little bit. Growing up in St. Louis, the blues was a strong influence and has been a strong influence in my life. In fact, one of the logos we use here, there's a, a band called the Alabama Serenaders from way back in the 30s, has a picture of my grandfather right there in the middle, blown away on his clarinet with his clarinet pointed up to the gods. You know, Well, the Soulard Blues Festival really showcases that deep blues, St. Louis blues heritage. The B3 Blues Festival in St. Louis is an outdoor concert festival held in historic Soulard Market. Great blues, great blues acts, music, industry workshops, partnership vendors of Soulard, some kind of quirky, artsy, and musicy, crafty vendors are, are all on hand, family activities like face painting and, and everything more. All coming up. It's called the B3 Blues Festival, and you can find it at SoulardB3Fest.com. It's coming up in May. Actually, we're going to have one of the founders and organizers on the show in a few more weeks here when we start talking to our guests in Missouri and we get closer to the B3. You'll meet a gentleman named Dave Beardsley. We'll talk all about that. So Yoni Gordon from Boston. I'm a big hockey guy. My first Stanley Cup game as an adult was uh, our Stanley Cup finals game as an adult was my St. Louis Blues against your Boston Bruins. And I was at uh, at game one at the Garden. Uh, Blues lost. But we end up winning the cup that year. So I don't know if you're a hockey guy or not, but that was my one of my highlights nope. of my don't hockey. I don't know a single thing about hockey. In fact, <laughs> I went to my first hockey game just this past winter uh, at, at Harvard. Someone, you know, had tickets to bring me and my son to this game at Harvard. And uh -huh. um, I don't really understand what's happening in the game. It moves very fast. But I like when people come onto the ice to kind of clean it and smooth it out. I like the coordinated effort to kind of reset the the rink and yeah. I, I enjoyed that part of it it is it is kind of uh beautiful the way they skate out with the brooms and the shovels yeah. the brooms and the shovels yeah yeah that's something uh yeah i always tell people if you've never gone to a hockey game go to about three and go oh. with somebody who knows the game well enough that they don't mind being asked questions because there are it's it's such a fanatical game there are some people that will sit there like they're studying a chess game and if you sure. say excuse me they're gonna throw something at you you know uh -huh. <laughs> And then there are other people that are there, you know, like, uh, so where'd you get your nails done? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I probably fall more into that camp. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the nails done part. But, yeah. but your, uh, your music is strong. So let's talk about that. Uh, sure. You write, you produce the, uh, the, the songs we're going to hear. They're all produced by you, right? Or did you do this in studio? Uh, for the most part, they're produced by me and, and recorded at home. Uh, uh -huh. Some of them have, you know, we, we did a little bit of tracking of, live drums on some of these songs but oh, no I, kidding. Think, okay. I think the ones that you're going to play are going to be the ones that um were pretty much done at home with my own little makeshift studio and a very kind of ass backwards way of doing things i don't really have a background in that but i i know it sounds good and i i've you know done this long enough that i'm able to get some sounds that i feel pretty good with cool so how long what is your instrument are you keyboards piano organ synthesizer what? No, I'm I'm a guitar player. I mean, that's okay. the only thing I can do with any kind of competency. I can kind of block chords 
on a keyboard and instrument, but I really uh -huh. can't do much beyond that. Um, so guitar is my is my main that that's really the the, the my gateway into all of this. Um, and I I started off as a performer first before I could play guitar. Oh, really? Started okay. off, um, yeah, I did I did you know theater things as a kid. Yeah. And then when I was 15, just sort of determined that I was not only was I a songwriter, but I was one of the best that there was. And I, bear in mind, I had not yet written a song at that point, but I just decided this is who I am, this is yeah. what I do, and I'm great at it. And then um, <laughs> why not? <laughs> I had a buddy who was uh, a guitar player, and we would kind of write these very silly teenage songs. And he was just never available. You know, he, he couldn't really get, get it together all that well. So I thought, all right, I better learn this thing. Better learn guitar. Uh-huh. That's what started me on it. That's something. So you're 15, though. 15 and decided I'm going to be a songwriter. That's it. Yes. Wow. In a, in a, in a flash of inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you're youngish, but you did say you had a son. So I'm going to guess you were in your 30s to 40s. Um, I just turned 44. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So then you've been playing for 30 years. A good long time. <laughs> Almost yeah. 30 years. Yeah. Uh, what's your guitar of choice? What do you play most often? Uh, my signature sound is a Gretsch Country Gentleman that I run through a Music Man 410 amp. No uh, kidding. It's, pretty, it's a pretty unique sound. Yeah. Um, really kind of saturated tone and uh, saturated tone, but like with a lot of sparkle and, and high end to it, yeah, you, yeah. you kind of get that brightness out of that amp and it has a really unique distortion sound. And that's the sound, you know, if you, if you go and listen to my records, that's the sound of the guitar on most of them. This this newest newest record, Courtship, I very purposely stayed away from that and tried to use as little guitar as possible and have it be mostly a keys-based thing just to uh -huh. kind of, you know, branch out and try something new. Well, see, that's that's what threw me off then, because the first song I listened yeah. to you was Courtship, and right. there's some guitar work in there, and I was going to say, it's really brilliant, so you must have had somebody come in, or you added the guitar or something, you did everything else, but you're a guitar player, and everything yeah. else was was built in, and then you added it. That's interesting. Real interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, I try to approach it as much as the producer, you know, as uh -huh. I do a guitar player. I'm not, I'm not looking to just highlight me and my guitar playing i'm looking to highlight the song whatever right. that calls for um, i want to do that have you been performing professionally like for 15 years or 30 years or whatever yeah i mean for, for longer i mean performing is is how i got into all this I, yeah. I first started getting on stage to do theater stuff at at age nine and uh -huh. um i was a terribly shy kid horribly shy and horribly quiet and um just had no voice in the world <laughs> until I got on stage and suddenly I was like, oh, this is the real Yoni. The real Yoni exists on stage. The one off stage is this unfortunate fellow that I have to, you know, inhabit. <laughs> I have to carry around with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, I got on stage and I performed things and, and I, uh, and, and I would ad lib on stage i would add in a little joke i would punch things up uh, -huh. uh and and when you get that first big laugh from an audience it's like wow what is this i made all yeah, these yeah. people just pay attention to me and respond to me i couldn't do that in my my life off stage so that was really what what you know where i caught the bug and then 
once I became an adolescent and teenager and had my own things to say, then I really, it wasn't just about getting on stage and performing. It was about performing things that I had written. And um, music just felt like the my path, you know, it felt like yeah. you're able to take a lot of ideas. You're able to take a lot of emotion. You're, you can distill it down into about three minutes and 30 seconds, have a catchy chorus, get your point across quickly, and then get out of there. And I thought, this is for me. <laughs> what was the very, 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 very first song you wrote? Oh, good question. Um, first song I wrote, probably all, all well, barring the, the very sort of horrible teenage poetry stuff that I did when I was 15, I think I wrote a song called Dream Sequence, which used, I remember my, I was taking lessons at the time and I learned seventh chords and minor sevenths and major yeah. sevenths. And I, the, the song is like all major and minor sevenths, just me trying to be fancy and sophisticated on a guitar. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, it, uh, it worked though. I, I remember I, I wrote it and I brought it to my guitar teacher. I'd, I'd been taking lessons for about a year and I, and I, I was like, can I play you this song? I just wrote this song. He's like, yeah, go for it. Show me. So I played him the song and he's <laughs> like, cool. That's good, man. I was like, yeah, yeah, but can you do that? Can you like go from that chord to that right. chord? Like, does it work if you do that? And he's like, it's your song, man. You do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it, 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 you're making it. And I thought, oh, I don't need guitar lessons anymore. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. I'm just going <laughs> to do this now on my own. <laughs> <laughs> so who did you listen to growing up? Who were your like musical inspirations? Probably around that age when I was, a, you know, first finding my footing as a guitar player and as a songwriter, my big favorite, you know, the songwriters that I really gravitated towards were uh, Elvis Costello, Lou Reed, mm -hmm. Tom Waits. Um, there was a band called Pulp out of uh, uh, Sheffield, England that I loved. And... Um, those were the bands. Those were the acts that I really, really responded to. Mostly, you know, bands that were fronted by songwriters where, it, you know, clearly the song was written not as a collaborative effort between four or five different players, but as, with one singular voice with an amazing band to kind of bring that song to life. That's sort of what I, what I gravitated towards uh -huh. for yeah. probably the first like 20 15, 20 years of being a musician, just that sound. I definitely hear some like Lou Reed Berlin stuff yeah, in your oh, cool. in your music. It was a real good influence. When you said that, I was going to bring that up, but I uh, really heard that. And uh, I think in Unconfined and in Your Bones, it sounded like a, like, you know, I, I guess it's mid 70s Lou Reed, mid to late 70s sure. Lou Reed. Yeah. 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 That's kind of neat that uh, I picked up on that. If, uh, Let's let's try this because uh, it's really hard for singer songwriters, especially, to identify or give define their music identity. Okay, so I'm going to try it this way: If you got a call from somebody says we heard your music and we want to play you on our radio station, these are the other artists that are played on this radio station. Who would those other artists be? Oh gosh. Um... Oh, pro probably Elvis Costello and um, probably a band like Squeeze or yeah. someone like Joe Jackson. Um, 
probably your uh, your Billy Braggs and your English Beats and your Ted Leos and your yeah. uh, you know any of the replacements, any kind of like really boppy, right? Uh, energetic kind of with some songwriting chops. Uh, you, you nailed it on Joe Jackson, man. That's absolutely. That's I'm sitting like I know the sound, I know the sound. And when you said Lou Reed, I said it might be just now when you said Joe Jackson. So that's it. That's it. Yeah, stepping out. You know. Yeah, <laughs> it's got that same. It's got that same groove to it. You know. Joe Jackson is one of those people who I I have been. Um, oh, Vampire Weekend. I get I get compared to them often, but Joe Jackson hear I've heard consistently, and I I have never really listened to him i've never investigated his writing i know the hits here and there but i yeah yeah we have not um that's not one of the guys for me but um it's cool that if, if people hear that that's great i was in a job uh not far before i re- well right before i retired i was in a job that had me driving all over southwest missouri southeast kansas so i spent a lot of time in my car a lot of time doing spotify and i stumbled across a joe jackson live concert once and I just fell in love with it, and I, I, yeah. I had it on. I listened to it so much, I can't listen to it anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> sure. But that's so yeah. funny when you said that. That's like all the bells and whistles went off in my head. I said I could absolutely hear that with you. So yeah. uh, the, the the songs we're going to listen to. The first one we're going to do is called Courtship. Tell me sure. the history of that and uh, like the evolution of that song. What it, what it's about, where it came from, and how long. It's fairly new, isn't it? Yeah, so this this song is off of the most recent record I put out, which is called Courtship. Uh-huh. And as the name implies, this is an album about the experience of dating as an adult in the 21st century. Um, you know, kind of cycling through apps and cycling through people's lives um, and the way in which you put yourself out there for hurt and for rejection and the way in which we can use dating and sex and romance as a way to kind of fill whatever hole might be in our, our lives. Uh-huh. Those are sort of the themes behind the whole thing. And I, you know, when, when we all went into lockdown in, in, uh, 2020, I really didn't know what to write about and really didn't know how to write. Didn't even know if there was any going to be any music made, right. you know, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, yeah. you know, moving forward. And I, I, what I ended up starting to write about was was being alone and wanting to find people who would make you not alone. Those were sort of the themes. And then as I started working on it and kind of chipping away at this raw material, I started to see, oh, you know, I, I think I'm writing about dating. I think that's the thing that I'm, I'm talking about here. I had done a fair deal of it. You know, my marriage having ended when I was 33, I'd done a fair deal of dating as an adult. And coming to it without having ever really done a, a dating phase in life. And um, I thought, well, you know, there's a lot of records that are about love, about being in love. There's a lot of records that are about breakup and heartbreak. There's not a lot of records about that in-between stage of, I don't know you, but maybe I could and maybe I could love you and maybe this could work. And I thought, you know... And, and I think that the, the, the title courtship landed, yeah. you know, in my lap. I thought that's, that's interesting. And, um, this song that we're going to hear, courtship, is the last song that I wrote for the album because I realized I'm trying to make a very theatrical sounding record. So I need a song that's going to feel like the curtain is rising. We're uh-huh. starting the story now. This is a story about 
dating. This whole album is going to be about this thing. And I wanted a song that would very much announce that. Um, and I, at the time, was also listening to a lot of um, Frank Sinatra sings for Only the Lonely. Really love oh, the wow. album. Very sad, Frank. Not not your upbeat yeah. ring-a-ding-ding, Frank. It's like yeah. very, very sad and downtrodden. And I thought, well, I want my, you know, Sinatra sings for Only the Lonely Torch song. And I, that's how I want to open this record up. So that's that's what this song is trying to evoke a little bit. Well, let's raise the curtain on this one, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> Yoni Gordon's our guest today from Boston, Massachusetts. First song we're going to hear from him, song we were just talking about, called Courtship. Is all the money that I spent on better days Thought I was tired just from staying up too late I was tired from being lonely I was tired from Stop. 
Yoni Gordon, our guest today from Boston and the Music of America podcast, and that song called Courtship from his album called Courtship. Hey, bass players, got a basic bag for you from Boston, of all things. The bag. It's a high-quality line of leather gig bags from a family of products that are handmade in the United States of the finest craftsmanship with beautiful, sophisticated, very cool overall appearance. They're made of some of the finest quality leather and cushion available and meant to last you a lifetime, literally. They've got over 30 years in the leather industry and are extremely proud to introduce a gig bag targeted to the skilled professional as well as the fun-seeking novice. Their hope is that you will love their bags the way they do. And they're put up by Tony Vaughn Bass Bags. It's called The Bag. They carry them at Sweetwater. They carry them at Musician's Friend. Or you can just check it out with Tony Vaughn Music in Boston. Yoni Gordon, our guest here. Uh, name some of the ba- Were you in bands, Yoni, or did you just always do solo work? Yeah, I, I started off writing songs under my own name, and um, that's been the most consistent project. But I've done... Um, I've played in a number of bands that no one's ever heard of. Uh, <laughs> you know how it is. And, um, you know, but but I've done a little bit of guitar for higher work here and there. I played guitar uh, on, on a tour with a, a Swedish band called Money Brother. And we were opening up for Flogging Molly. This is back in Oh, no kidding. No, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was a good one. And then I played on a record. Um, I played guitar on a record by a guy named Franz Nikolai, who plays keyboards in The Hold Steady. Um, so those are the two kind of like money gigs that I've had in, yeah. in my pedigree as far as playing with other folks. Boston's a real competitive town. So are you able to make a living just playing music or do you have to have another job? Oh, Lord, no. No, I've, I've never, never really made a full living off of music there okay. have been times where i've been on tour and i've you know that's that's been what i've done and but i wasn't making money i wasn't really you know i was at best kind of breaking even um and uh yeah no i've always had day jobs a lot of those jobs have been education and that's i still i teach now i teach a lot of uh, guitar and music and, yeah. and then i have another job on top of that which has you know a little bit more stability yeah, but it's still like teaching music. It's still in the industry, you know. Like it's it's adjacent. Yes. Yeah. Well, when I when I was in radio, I always told people that when I was in radio, I was a bartender because I was in radio for my career, but I was a bartender to make money. You know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't make money in in in, in the entry level. The probably the first 10, 15 years of entertainment, you're really lucky to, like you said, to barely break even or break even. Yeah. And uh, that's why you have to do something else. That's why, I've, you know, I did something else. And yeah. did, do you do any cover work? Play any cover songs? Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, not... Uh, I think as of late, my feeling is just, you know what? I've, I've worked really hard to build up this body of work and um, let the songs speak for themselves. Just yep. go up and play your songs and do the thing. You know, let them do their, their job. Um but uh, yeah, I, I, when I was young and starting out, the way that I learned how to play guitar was by learning other people's music and, and sitting down with a record by David Bowie or Velvet Underground or whatever the record mm-hmm. might be and just learning the whole thing from top to bottom. Um, so, and, and I, you know, sometimes still will like put the radio on and give myself a little challenge of like whatever the first thing is that you hear, try to figure it out, try to learn it. Yeah. And see if you just pick up something new by learning this song 
even songs you hate, songs you don't want to learn, learn them and just see what comes out of it. Um, but I don't necessarily get up on stage and play those. <laughs> those Give me songs. an example of one of those songs. Of one of those songs. One of those songs might be that you really don't like it, but you want to learn. It's a challenge for you to learn it. Yeah. Would... Well, one that I so the song I actually do like quite a bit. It's called by Bonnie Raitt. Uh, it's called uh, Nick of Time. But the production is a little dated on it. A little uh-huh. not exactly my my cup of tea. But I. I wanted to learn how to play it and see, like, could I do a version of this song, which is very much in a, it is written in a women's woman's voice. I mean, it is about um, middle age, you know, specifically right. being a woman and seeing other people having kids. And not that that, not that I can't sing that, but it really is something that it's not written for my voice, you know, Right. but right. I wanted to see, could I learn it? Could I cover it? Could I figure out a way to adapt the playing that's happening on that record and make it sound authentic to me as a, you know, on an acoustic guitar and, and figure out how to strip it down to sort of its bare essentials. When you start writing, you said acoustic, that's where, when I, and I'm not a songwriter, I've attempted, uh-huh. but when I sit down with an acoustic, that's usually where I start. I'll start noodling around with something. I'll put a couple of chords together or just a couple of melodies together. And then I'll try and put some words to that. Or if I feel like I want to say something, I might have yeah. some words written out and then I revamp those to line up with the, but I always start with the acoustic. Is that what mm-hmm. you do? Or you automatically go to your gretch? Yeah, not, not necessarily. Uh, it depends on what, you know, what I'm, yeah, it depends on how I'm feeling and what I'm playing and what kind of sounds I want to evoke. I think if you're trying to write something that is that that has some riffage to it and some like it's a guitar driven type song, then yeah, I think it's yeah. important to start on your electric guitar, start on the instrument that you're you're trying. You know, don't transpose it to a different thing later and say, "Well, start it here on this thing," because. Mm-hmm some of the tones that you're able to get, some of that sound, some of the attack that you're able to get with an amp turned up loud is going to inform how you write it. And you you won't get that on an acoustic guitar. Um, it's so. interesting you say that. A friend of mine put together just a, a real simple little riff. He was just messing around with it on a like a C major 7th and G 7th, which going back and forth. And I was listening to it jogging one day or walking, whatever. And uh, a melody came to my head and I thought, I wonder how we'd feel if I tried to write a melody to that. So I wrote him and I said, Hey, John, that song that you sent me called blah, blah, blah. I said, uh, send it to me, but longer than a minute and a half. I might, I might be able to put some words to it or something. He sends it back to me and he's got it at twice the speed. He's playing it now on electric guitar, fully Uh distorted. And it's like a rock and roll, almost a metal song. I'm like, no, it's not what I asked for. (laughs) And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. It's exactly what you're saying. You know? Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, that's it's like if you painted a a picture and then you change the coloring of it. You know, maybe there's some something to that. But I think if there's something to be said for working with the the you know sound palette that you that right. you're trying to evoke. You know, try and try and do a Monet in charcoals. You know, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> that's funny. So the next song of yours we're going to listen to is Unconfined. Tell me about that. What's that about? Sure. Yeah. Unconfined, you know, really that, that idea of being alone and trying mm-hmm. to be less alone. That's what unconfined, I think. It, it, I think that's what that, what's at the heart of it. Um, was it written and, at the same time that 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. These were yeah. all. This this is another tune from the from the record courtship. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay. And this one is. Um, I would say you know I, I really wanted to steer away from writing COVID songs or lockdown songs or pandemic songs, but I think if if there was one that that really for me captures that moment, it's, yeah. it's this out of this song, um, which is about you know the, the longing to be connected to to people to someone. Mm-hmm. and just not being able to and having this distance where it's not only a distance that you can't bridge at that exact moment it's one where you just don't know that you'll ever be able to bridge it um that's really what unconfined is about you know thematically um and i think the other things you know to note on it is, uh, it's different tuning gave myself a open i think open d or open g tuning on the yeah. guitar okay so it, Hopefully the guitar has a little bit of a different kind of character to it on this tune. I, I usually ask that too, if you do everything in open or standard tuning. And it's amazing yeah. how uh, most, most of the songs that come across from guitar players are done in standard tuning. Sure. But, but when I get the guy that doesn't, they're so proud to say, no, I wrote this in G tuning, right? You know, yeah. D-modal or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. All right. Well, the, the guest is Yoni Gordon. The place is Boston, Massachusetts. The show is the Music of America podcast, and the shit song is called Unconfined. I'm all out of grease. It's been that way for days. Tears upon my face. Tracks have all been laid. I know you feel it too. Like the stillness in the room Like the silence never breaks No matter what I say Don't leave me You're leaving so soon Don't leave me You're So we say our goodbyes in the dead of the night And the days go by And I'm a of still alive So I keep the faith is on
That's Unconfined with Yoni Gordon here on the Music of America podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. You know, you meet, you fall in love, you commit to each other. That's the easy part. And somehow after two years or so, things begin to be challenging. Emotions and flair have waned. We disagree more, feeling disillusioned at times. This period of disappointment can last a long time, even years. That's usually when couples seek out therapists to help learn better communication skills. Two years after forever, a relationship workbook is dedicated to help couples find that effective communication. This guidebook, sort of a how-to book, teaches you some skills to learn about communication deficiencies that likely exist, but better, it offers exercises to improve those skills and be better communicators, better partners. Two years after forever. It's not a help book. It's a workbook. You have to do the work. And if you do these exercises together, apply the lessons learned, you will absolutely see a difference in all your relationships, particularly lasting into the future, like forever. Two years after forever. Author Mike Pollard, 30-year therapist. Two years after forever. Two years after forever.com. And available at Amazon today and forever. It seemed appropriate to have that commercial in this podcast, Yoni, because yeah. we're talking about relationships and your, your album talks about relationships. When, and just to back up real quick, when you were talking about courtship and, and how it's like the curtain rises on your album, I mean, and I did theater too in high school. And my, my big, my big show was, I was Tevya and Fiddler on the Roof. And, hey, and, there and we go. so the screen, uh, the, the curtain comes up and Tevya almost immediately goes into the song tradition, wow. you know? Right. And so that's kind of the image that I had when you were describing what you wanted courtship to do. That the curtain comes up and bam, here's the musical piece. Right. Without tradition, our lives would be as shaky as a fiddler on the roof. That's right. Yeah. You did. So, what was your most fun theater role that you ever did? You know what? Probably also Tevya. That was a big one. Yeah. 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 Uh, Where'd you do that? Where did you do that? I used to do this thing in my hometown and I grew up in Southern California and I did a thing called showboat youth dinner theater, I think is what, what it was really? called. And, um, we would do, we, we, you know, all these kids would rehearse a musical or a play. And then we would go into the Valley into like Tarzana uh-huh. to, uh, some kind of dinner theater place where you get all you eat, all you can eat Swedish meatballs, some god awful food that's probably been sitting there for years. <laughs> And then you put on a show. Uh-huh. Mostly it was parents, but I think anybody could just go and watch, watch a show. And we okay. did a whole, all, all of the big hits: Oklahoma, Bye Bye Birdie, yeah. Sound of Music, Annie, and certainly Tevya and Feather on the Roof was, you know, certainly made my parents quell when they. Saw <laughs> Were the now were these full blown full blown productions with costuming and sets and lighting and all that? Full blown, I don't know. There were sets, there were costumes. We were all okay. children. It wasn't quite wasn't quite all that, but uh, but it was you know our hearts were in it. Do you still follow theater? Like, do you go to local theater in Boston? I really don't. I don't. I I, I enjoy. Uh, there's a there's a radio show on uh, Saturdays on WERS, which is one of the local stations here, and they play show tunes. And I That's enjoy fun. listening to the show tunes and stuff. Um, I particularly like, you know, I like the big Broadway of, of Days Gone By. I, I like your Ethel Mermans and your, yeah. 
you know, to Zero Mostel is Tavia. That that's kind of the era, the era of my grandmother. You know, that's sort of the era. Rod, that I, Rogers and Hammerstein era. Rogers and Hammerstein. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I love all that stuff. I did a bunch of uh, uh, what do they call them? They call them in concert shows. So okay. we would do just the music of Camelot, just the music of uh, Carousel, sure. and just a little bit of dialogue to set up the song. But we were all like guys were in you know sports or suit coats, and yeah. ladies were in nice formal dresses, evening dresses, and basically it was just doing the music of that. But then we did tri tributes to like uh, Lerner and Lowe. Uh, we did, uh, uh, what's, uh, I can't think, um, Cole Porter did a great uh -huh. big Cole Porter review, which was so much fun because Cole Porter is just, I just love his writing. It's so funny. You know, yeah. that is fun. Yeah. Amazing lyricist. Do you ever want to get into that again? Probably not on the performing side. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big ham, so I wouldn't say no if the opportunity came my way, but I would love to get into figuring out how to write a musical yeah i've, I've thought about that I've, I've had a few ideas sort of kicking around of like hmm. I'm, I'm working on one now i'll talk to you about it off camera because i think okay. i think you would enjoy this you might enjoy actually you might really enjoy this because while we were talking i thought i could see you in one of the roles <laughs> hey tell me about it I'm all be fun. well the last song we're going to talk about is your bones so tell me about your bones yeah this so this is one you, you mentioned at the beginning of the uh, how much I was involved in, in the music making. So this is one where this is top to bottom, you know, uh -huh. me, um, either programming instruments or playing instruments and putting it all together and layering it. Um, I was trying to, this song had an interesting uh, sort of, you know, gestation and transformation period. It started off where I was trying to write something kind of very, very formulaic, by Yoni Gordon standards, it's sort of yep. like a little pop punk type song. And um, I recorded it and thought, yeah, it just it's I've done that. I've already done that. So I started to almost like Jenga, take away pieces of it uh -huh. and then re almost kind of remix it and create something where it's a little more dance oriented a little more pop oriented the guitars are going to sound cleaner and i i changed the vocals so it was in a more comfortable range but it didn't didn't change the key of the song um and came up with something that i, I feel like reflects my musical taste a lot more now where i'm at yeah, than yeah. this like pop punk stuff that i was really that that really dominated my sound you know maybe 10 15 years ago um i i, I got really into prince over the last couple of years. So this is my attempt at writing something that sort of splits the difference between Prince and some some more kind of contemporary pop sounds like little Justin Bieber or a little, uh -huh. little that mixed in there. Um, and um, yeah, I'm, I, this is the tune, as far as I'm concerned, this is, this is the one that I'm, I'm most pleased with, with on this album. This is oh, cool. We're going out on a bang then. I love yeah. it. Last yeah. song here, then, is called Your Bones with our guest today, Yoni Gordon, on the Music America podcast. It's been a long time since I let that record spin. Since I've heard anything worth listening in. Well, you see you only dance with the lights alone, with the sound too loud and there's no one home. Ain't you tired? Your bones 
Yoni Gordon, our guest today on the Music of America podcast. That song is called Your Bones. Yoni, this is the fun time of the show. This is called the shameless self-promotion part of the show where you can tell us how we can see you, find you, support you, and uh, go find your music, listen to your music, buy your music, etc. Yeah. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to give you all that information. Um, okay. The best way to do it is to find me on the socials uh, at Yoni Gordoni, Y-O-N-I, g-o-r-d-o-n-i and if you go to my instagram you, you'll you'll see a link there you'll get my link tree that's going to connect you to everything yoni gordon that exists um it's all kind of conveniently put right there uh that's the best way to to you know know about what it is that i'm doing um i don't have anything coming out uh, other than maybe maybe i don't know I'll, maybe I'll, I'll give you an exclusive i'll I'm putting together a best of album that should be out hopefully before the end of this year. Oh, wow. Uh, so that, that'll be sort of spanning about 20 years of yeah. recording. And, you know, we're, we're, my band and I, um, we've managed to stay together despite not having any support or momentum or a fan base or anything. And yet we're a really, really good band, if I can say so myself. And we put on a really good show. Um, and then speaking of shows, we got a, a couple in December that are happening. Um, yeah. Where do we catch you? December 7th. If you're in the Providence area, I'm going to be playing at a new, uh, new place called Myrtle. It's a great cocktail bar slash vintage store slash venue. Uh, that's in East Providence. And then I'm playing on December 14th in somerville massachusetts at the rockwell in davis square that's going to be with forest rom um and if you're in boston area you, you've got to know forest rom um she puts together an excellent open mic night at uh, the midway cafe and she's going to be opening up that show for us very exciting uh albums cds how many would you say you have i have put together 10 i've self-released 10 records over the past 20 years or so wow yeah it's quite a catalog um, it's not bad if i <laughs> say so myself yeah i i've got two kids records that i made and um and then the, i think there are 10 of my own things that i've put out there over how the fun kids yeah. records how fun yeah 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 that's neat. And you threw me for a loop there. You only Gordoni. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm starting to panic. I've been calling you Gordon the whole time, but it's... no, that's correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, Yoni Gordoni on social is where we can find yeah. you. And, yeah. Uh, Instagram.com slash Yoni Gordoni. You'll find gotcha. you And then uh, you'll be seeing our name together uh, in a couple of years when we co-produce and write a musical that's coming out. And we'll, yeah. you'll, you'll hear us about, hear about that later. In a couple of years, if I live long enough to write it out. <laughs> Yoni, oh. thank you so much. It was a lot thank of fun. and appreciate having you on the show, man. Up next, we have a Rolling Stones tribute band coming your way. They're called 19th Nervous Breakdown, right here on the Music of America podcast. Join us tomorrow. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. 
I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the music of America.